We're continuing our series on the irrelevance of relevance, and the title of my sermon this afternoon is Entheos, Neglecting Theology. Just by way of introduction, has anyone ever heard the words, I don't need theology, I just love Jesus? Anyone? I'm sure a few of us have heard that at different points. Now, the problem with that sort of statement is that the two are not mutually exclusive. Not only are they not mutually exclusive, but they are actually dependent on one another. The more we know Jesus, the more we love him. And the more we love him, the more we want to know him. And so the cycle continues. Our desire to know him should be an implication in our love for him. And so the more this continues, the more we desire to live like Jesus and therefore love his people as he loves them. To say that you love Jesus but you don't need theology is a little bit like a husband or a boyfriend telling his wife or his girlfriend, I love you, but I don't care about your heart, I don't care about your character, I don't care about your desires or your attributes. It's a little awkward, right? It's wrong. You should know those things. You should know your partner's date of birth. You should know their favorite food. You should know the things that interest them. And it's exactly the same way with Jesus. I think some people are making notes already this afternoon. (laughs) Praise God. Some of the men are writing stuff down. I can see it. So when theology is neglected, the ramifications are always made known in the way that we treat other people. When a Christian label, we love them only with a label, some wishy-washy love that promotes no agenda for change or restoration. When theology is neglected, we succumb to weak cultural ideas and poor spiritual interpretation. So, for example, Jesus said to love everyone, so why should I oppose gay marriage? Or the Bible says not to judge, so it's okay for me to sleep with my girlfriend. That's wrong when the Bible actually calls us to challenge one another in that. A good theology will always inform the individual that not only are they wrong in their sin, but that Jesus wants more for them, more joy, more purity, and more intimacy. Now, i am just finished the second year at Regents Theological College in my degree on theology, so I'm learning a little bit myself. So I can be a little bit dogmatic with my theology, so my apologies in advance this afternoon. But theology is not confined to the people that stand on this platform. Break that, break that mindset. Theology applies to all of us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, theology is significant and important to you. It doesn't apply to the professors or the pastors or the leaders or the ministers. It applies to all of us equally. And we need to know our theology. We need to know what we believe and why we believe what we believe. The moment you begin to answer the question, who is Jesus to you, you've entered the realm of theology. You've entered the realm of theology and who he is in his attributes and in everything about him. And make no mistake, weak theology leads to weak lifestyle. I'll share a small story. Recently, a few people have started convicting me. If you have tattoos in this place, please listen to me for a minute. I have a number of tattoos. And my theology from back in the day was that, well, Leviticus 19, it's the verse all the Christians wheel out. You shall not cut your skin with markings of the dead. We know it, right? I always interpreted that in my early days as a Christian as, well, as long as it doesn't say, rest in peace, grandma, on my right forearm or wherever, then it's okay. I can have any tattoo as long as it doesn't talk about somebody who's died. Now, that's weak theology. I'll be honest with you. I'm starting to get convicted about my tattoos. So if you have tattoos in this place, please listen to me. Come and have a conversation with me afterwards. The Holy Spirit is working in my life. My theology was weak. It's getting stronger But the reality is, if your theology is weak, then you will take actions and steps in line with weak theology. 
Equally, right theology will lead to right living. So we need to live right before God in everything that we do in our lives this afternoon. So the goal today is to provoke fresh hunger and passion for his word and understanding it in ways where we can move forward. Because if we're going to have Jesus, we're going to have theology as well. We need to be able to explain who he is. We need to be able to explain the cross. So let's look at the statements of the I am's of Jesus in the book of John. For example, John 6, 35, Jesus is the bread of life, right? We know Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never grow hungry. He who believes in me will never grow thirsty. So what their theology for that is essentially saying is Jesus is the one who spiritually sustains us. What about Jesus is the light of the world? In John 8, verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That we learn that through him, we gain spiritual understanding and wisdom for living a life that glorifies God. What about Jesus being the gate? John 10, verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He come in and go out and find pasture. And what he is explaining to us there is that he has given us free and unlimited access to his kingdom. Number four, Jesus as the good shepherd. John 10 verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That shows how he did this by paying our entrance fee with his life. The resurrection and the life, John 11, 25 and 26. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And we learn that whether we die before the rapture or we are taken to live in it, we are guaranteed eternal life with God. And verses I'm sure we all know well, John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus here is explaining that he is the only one who can do this for us. And finally, he's the vine, number seven. John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And he reveals that for the balance of our life on earth, the things we can do in his strength, our gratitude for what he has done for us, are the only things that matter. So this afternoon, we are called to stand on our convictions. We're called to stand on our beliefs. When we intentionally or otherwise neglect scripture, we succumb to poor cultural ideas and defective interpretation of scripture. So I wanna unpack three areas on how we can overcome this. Number one, we are commanded to theologically study the word of God. Possessing a heart and a mind this afternoon that is fully dedicated to God is massively required for the blatantly clear great commandment in Matthew 22 verse 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and with all your mind. That's a clear command and an invitation for each of us to get to know him in deeper and more intimate ways. Loving God with all our minds means more than mere theological study, but it certainly does not mean that we neglect it. Theological study is also important for our salvation. Now that means that we need to study his word so that we understand him and his character and his nature better. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, totally apart from the works of our own lives. And that includes any intellectual understanding at that point. At the same time, the faith by which we are justified, the faith that we receive in the completeness of Christ's work and his perfect righteousness is a reasonable faith. But it requires us to understand our faith and unpack it in a way 
where we understand who God is. The exercise of our faith is predicated on information. Historical announcement of the good news of Jesus and the strengthening of our faith is always built on information. This is information for us this afternoon, the Word of God. It's for us to uphold, it's for us to study, it's for us to learn, it's for us to develop in so that we can grow in the grace of God. As we stay connected to our pursuit of the knowledge of God, we feel and we learn and we move forward. Contrary to what some people will say, idolatrous doubts and fears in our hearts, the Christian faith is founded on facts. Hebrews 11 reminds us that for the Christian faith, faith is not a leap in the dark. It is connected to assurance and conviction that Jesus is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do. And every answer to every question in our lives is found in his word. And so for us today, we need to get into his word. We need to partner and marry our love for Jesus with our love for his word. And as we find ourselves in his word, we find ourselves more in love with Jesus because we get to understand him, his heart, his nature, who he is, and we interpret his word in ways that bring him honor, in ways that bring him glory. What about Paul? Now, I felt a little bit, when I grew up in my early days as a Christian, I felt a bit like Timothy when Paul was teaching Timothy because I had a Paul in my life that helped me grow in the things of God. And then as you get a little bit older, you find yourself becoming Paul and you find yourself teaching a bunch of Timothys. But in 1 Timothy 4, 16, he says, Paul speaks to Timothy and says, keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Persist in doing this. For so by doing this, you will save both yourself and the hearer. And so what Paul is teaching Timothy here and reminding him is the sanctification results in continual discipleship is necessary with intense study of God's word. We must become hungry for his word today. We must become people, men and women of God, who pursue the righteousness and the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ in ways that unpack it, that ways that develop it and strengthen our own walk so that we have an answer for the faith that we have in him. Because if we're not able to give an answer, then our faith looks weak, our theology looks weak. If we can't substantiate who Jesus is, if somebody says to us, well, who is Jesus to you? And you're, you're I mean, an Arian after two seconds, but your whole life is apparently founded on this, you're on really weak ground. We need to study his word. We need to be in his word. And so a small plug for Gabriel as the principal of the Bible school. We have a Bible school. There are people here. There are students here ready and willing to teach you and tell you so that you can grow to become all that God has called you to be. Can I have an amen in the house? Amen. If there's just one amen today, let it be for that. Amen? Couldn't hear them. One more for Gabriel. Let's see hands that are going to go. Amen. There you go. See Gabriel at the end. The next intake is September, I understand. Yeah, September. There you go. So put your faith into action. Be taught and trained in the word. Number three, the study of the word authenticates and fuels our worship life. True Christians are not those who believe in some vague or uninterested God or some vague spiritual platitude. True Christians who are Christians who believe in the true God, the triune God in the scriptures and have placed their trust by the spirit of the living God in a real savior as proclaimed in the scriptures. Knowing right information about God is one way of authenticating our Christianity. Intentionally or consistently erring from the vital facts about God, we jeopardize our claim to say that we know him. 
So if I was to ask you some information about me, like how old I am, or whether I'm left or right-handed, or what my favorite cereal is, the more you know me, or the better you know me, no guessing, please, nothing under 40 either, right, in terms of age. <laughs> but if you, if you don't know those pieces of information, you could get to know me, and therefore you would know those pieces of information. The reality is how much you choose to know about God is going to be defined by how much time you spend in his word and how much you allow that word of God to apply to your life. And if you're not clear on the understanding of scripture, ask somebody. Get into, get into commentaries. There are so many commentaries out there that you can buy. You know, they, they can prop up doors. They're so thick. But they unpack. There's scholars and theologians that unpack what the words mean. And so often we can just read verses of scripture, promises of God, and they just glaze over our eyes. They mean nothing to us. And yet God is speaking to us through his word. He's trying to sustain us, trying to empower us and enrich our experiences of him so that we understand who he is better, so that we have a better defense, so that we know him more intimately, so we have answers when we're challenged about our faith. Because if we don't have those answers, then our own faith, our own foundation starts to crack. That foundation has to be strong, friends. It has to be clear. It has to be grounded. And as we develop, as we build in our understanding of theology, as we dig into the commentaries, as we sustain ourselves in the scriptures, our confidence grows. So when someone asks you, how is one plus one plus one equals one? Well, he's the Godhead three in one. You have an answer. You have an answer and you're able to sustain that. You're able to give answers that satisfy people's questions. And in doing that, they have confidence in you, that you know what you're talking about. Because nobody's going to have confidence in someone that's not sure what they're talking about. But equally, if you do have confidence in what you're talking about, people will put trust in you. People will be drawn to the light and the love that you have in you and the knowledge that you have. It's very important for us. Theological study goes deeper than simply authenticating our worship as true and godly. It fuels our entire worship life. We must remember what Jesus explained to the Samaritan woman at the well. True Worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. We are changed deeply in our hearts, and therefore our behavior when we seek deeply after the things of God with our brains will change. We know Romans so clearly. Do not be conformed to this world, writes Paul but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by your testing, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. That transformation begins with the renewal of our mind. Purpose, theological study of God, and expression of God's love cannot help but deepen our love for God. And as we, the more we read, the more we study, the more we meditate on the word of God, the more we grow in awe of who he is. And that should be everyone's goal this afternoon, is to grow in our knowledge of God. The songs that we sing, there so many of the songs that we sing here in this church are, are reflections about who he is, his nature, his character, his promises. We sing songs like he's the way maker, miracle worker. These are not just nice songs with nice words. These are attributes and qualities and gifts and promises that he wants to pour into our lives. And... For us to understand him, we need to understand his word. And it's, there's nothing wrong with being embarrassed about not understanding what certain words mean in the scriptures. There will be somebody here to help you with that. Knowledge is power when it comes to understanding your faith. Knowledge is power when it comes to defending your faith. Because we live in times 
where our theology's got to be strong. Because if our theology is not strong, then we're not clear about where we stand on issues. Then what happens is we get mixed in with the world. So I'll give you an example. Last year, I have some friends that, that invited me to their wedding. Now, they are a homosexual couple, and they knew and know that I'm a pastor, so they invited me to their wedding. I had to make a decision about whether to go. So you think about, well, if I go, then it's an opportunity to witness, right? It's an opportunity to be the light of Christ in that environment. You're supporting your friends. It's their happy day, blah, blah, blah. If you don't go, are you rejecting them? Did you miss an opportunity to evangelize? But then if I do go, aren't I endorsing it simply by being there? What does my theology tell me? It's not easy, right? Not easy. If you're wondering, I chose not to go in the end, right? And I, for personal reasons, that was my decision. But, but there's an example, a situation. Imagine someone challenges you about your faith on, on how you know that Jesus is the only way. How can you prove that? We need to have the answers. The answers are in the scriptures. And the more you get into the word of God, the stronger you will become. That's the goal for us, friends. We need to become strong men and women of theology because the two are partnered. The two are married. We can't say that, oh, you know, I'm just going to love the way Jesus loves. Well, how does Jesus love? Until you get to know him, you can't love the way Jesus loves. <laughs> the only way you can do that is by knowing him. And the way you know him is by knowing more about him through his word. The two are married. We can't ignore it. So that's the goal this afternoon, friends. We need to press in. I encourage you, serious comment. I really encourage you to get into the Bible school. There are students here that can testify to what you will learn. It's not just learning the theology, but it's also personal development, personal growth in your walk so that you can become the best disciple and the best disciple maker that God has called you to be. And that's where you make a change. That's where you make an impact. That's where lives will be transformed as you get into his word this afternoon.